Welcome to episode 20 of the Adventuring for Mere Mortals podcast. This week, Trev and I sit down with friends Doug, Luis, and Tim to talk about the Register's annual Great Bicycle Ride across Iowa. All right, you boys ready for the Ragbri Rundown? This episode, we're breaking format in that we have the Ragbri crew, and we've got folks of all different backgrounds. Uh, it's got Trev, of course, uh, Doug, high school friend, Tim, college friend, and then, uh, Luis, who is unable to join us this evening, uh, but he joined us for the ride, but we'll just, uh, go ahead and jump in with, uh, introductions. Yes, my name is Doug. I live in Indianapolis. Uh, Trevor and I went to high school together, grew up just a few miles apart, um, before, Ragbri, I had very little cycling experience. Uh, I actually picked it up this year as I've been training for a half distance Ironman. So bought a bike and started riding. And so Ragbri was part of my year long quest to uh, become at least somewhat proficient at swim, bike and run to uh, complete an Ironman. So, but it was good. It was a good experience. Cool. How about you, Tim? Yeah, my name's Tim. I'm from the Omaha, Nebraska area. Uh, went to college with Trevor and Kyle. I have a, a lot of fond memories with them. Uh, my background in biking is uh, a lot of BMX, probably close to 20 years of BMX riding. And then a couple of years ago, I started doing some mountain biking and cross-country riding on, on dirt paths. And this is by far the longest I've ever rode on pavement. Uh, so it's quite the experience. Really excited that uh, I participated and look forward to another year of it. Awesome. And yeah, for completeness, I'll do my everybody. It's Trevor. Everybody should know me if you're listening to this. Hi, but, Trev. Uh, hi. <laughs> um, yeah, my cycling background is I've been cycling more seriously for the last, uh, I'd say, three or four years. Like I started cycling as a way to like cross train. Cause I was running a lot and I figured I was going to injure myself if I ran every day. So I needed some, needed something to break it up and I started liking it. So yeah, I do a mix of road biking and gravel. So, yep. That's my background. Kyle round it out for us. <laughs> okay. So, um, <clears throat> I was introduced to biking, mostly mountain biking in grad school. And I did that for a while. And then I really liked it, and I got into triathlons and stuff. So then I transitioned into uh, to those races. And then both those bikes got wiped out by uh, acts of God, we'll call it. Um, <laughs> and then I took a hiatus for a while and then got back into road biking uh, later on in grad school. And then after grad school for, oh geez, I want to say a few years, I commuted every day into work with a bike and everything. Um, that bike eventually died, 
and I didn't have a bike for a while. And then I found gravel site or gravel biking and it's awesome. And then I did that. And then <laughs> Trev talked me into doing rag pride this year. Yeah. So <laughs> I brought it back and up the mileage. So how about you touch on how, uh, we got to where we were of doing rag pride. Cause it was your idea. Yeah. Last year. So, I guess before we even get into that, we should talk about what Ragbray is like, just in case somebody just drops in out of nowhere and this is their first episode. So Ragbray stands for the Registers Annual Great Bike Ride Across Iowa. And this was the 50th year. Um, just a real short rundown. It starts on the west side of Iowa and you dip your tires in the Missouri River and you bike along roads, various different different path every year to the Mississippi River and you can dip your tire in the Mississippi River. So you go all the way across Iowa. It's usually somewhere around 450 to 500 miles, um, depending on the route. But yeah, go, you do that over a week. So yeah, so how I found out about it was watching YouTube videos as I find out a lot about a lot of things. And one of the uh, things that really brought me to it was um, the Brentley and Mary Beth Cooper uh, the buses, bikes, and beers crew, they had done multiple different uh, videos about it. And I was like, wow, they made it sound really cool. And they did a great job of explaining what it is and how nice everybody in Iowa is, how great the pie is. So I was like, that got put on like one of my bucket lists or my extensively long bucket list of things I want to do. And this year I just made the decision that this was the year that it was going to happen. So then I started recruiting people and I got, I got five people. And, and my parents, since they were in that nice retirement, they actually came and were our support crew too, which ended up being a, kind of a godsend. And we'll we'll get into why that was so great, I'm sure. <laughs> and don't forget that this was the annual uh, trip, group yeah. trip that we did. So how this podcast came was out of one of these group trips where we did the uh, Foothills Trail. I don't yeah. know why I was blanking on that, but the Foothills Trail. And then last year I was unable to attend, but Doug attended with Brandy and Trev. They took the Rivian across the United States and did uh, Death Valley. And then this year uh, was decided that it was going to be uh, Ragbri for the trip. And then next year we're looking at Island Royale. So this is part <laughs> of that trip. And it's just usually we're crossing things off of Trevor's bucket list. Yeah, pretty much. Because I, I volunteered to do all the logistics. So I'm like, oh, hey, I want to do this one. What do you guys think? But I, I will say Isle Royale. That was not me. Alex Alex said Isle Royale. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that one. It was on my list anyway. But it wasn't my decision for that one. But okay, let's get back on task, back on Ragbri. So we've kind of explained what it was in general. This year's was the 50th anniversary. So there was a lot of people. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I heard unofficially there were 33,000 uh, registered riders. I think that was the number I heard. And and as we... For the week. Yeah, for week-long riders. Yeah, good. that's a good clarification for sure. And there are people that just like show up and do it anyway, so they aren't counted in that number. But that's a lot of people in, in doing this type of thing. So... Um, yeah, so I guess a good place to start for this, for that we can kind of go around the virtual room here. Um, 
did it meet everyone's expectations? Did it, did it end up being what you thought it was going to be, or was it a completely different experience? Let's, we'll start with Tim. What do you think, man? Oh, it, it was wild. Uh, I don't know that you could have any expectation met going into it. Uh, it was just way more people, way more fun, the way more challenging than, than anyone could really describe to you. The, it's definitely one of the most memorable things I've done in, in quite some time. Uh, definitely type two fun, uh, <laughs> painful during that week. And, uh, you know, looking back on it now, talking with you guys, you know, I, I've got a lot of really great memories and, and laughs. So, yeah, it's it's just going to be a hard one for us to describe. Yeah, for sure. Well, Doug, you should try to describe it anyway. What do you think? Yeah, so I did quite a bit of research on this before we left. So I joined a couple Facebook groups and I watched a number of YouTube videos. So I felt moderately prepared for the experience. Uh, we knew there were going to be a lot of people because it was the 50th anniversary. There were warnings beforehand. I knew the distance was going to be a challenge. I think the two things that were surprises to me is one, you can't really control, which was the weather and it was the heat um, and then the other was just the elevation gain. You know, you think of Iowa as just like the plains and it's going to be flat. And I heard, I can't remember if it was one of you guys or not, but someone described Iowa as being flat like a waffle. And I think that's pretty accurate. It's just up and down all of the time. And I knew there were hills. You can read the little elevation gain number on their map. But it's totally different when you're out there and you've been biking for five days and you look and you're like, there's another hill out there. So I think I don't believe I was quite as prepared for the elevation gain. I will say it it was quite the experience in terms of just so many different types of people from all over mm. the world with different levels of equipment, different experiences, different fitness levels looking to get different things out of it. You've got your serious riders and your partiers. So I kind of had an idea but that that was going to be uh, kind of the experience there. But it's totally different when you get there and kind of meet these people. So I really enjoyed it. It was hard. Um, I would definitely do it again, 100%. I'm just going to pray for a little cooler temperature next time. <laughs> Good. What about you, Kyle? Yeah, definitely type two fun. Uh, the the heat, the heat is what did me in. Is the the second to last day? What was that? The the eighty one ish mile day. I I I chose the hill that I was gonna die on, and I had completed the route, but it was the uh, the the bonus miles at the end of the day to get to the campsites and stuff. Uh, and yeah, that one, I, I, I went and I was like, Mm-mm, nope, not going any further. I'm done. It was like, I don't know what happened that day. I was wrapped in a warm, wet blanket and I couldn't cool down. Yeah. I was, uh, I was the opposite of Doug. I just rode my bike and <laughs> like trained and I was like, ah, it'll work out and didn't really look into the route. Didn't, uh, didn't, didn't doing an investigation into, you know, what type of activities. Uh, I was kind of jaded because everyone that I talked to, especially around here, um, on some of the route, the 
the rides that I did for training, I would run across people from Ragbri uh, or that, that had done Ragbri in the past. And they're like, it's awesome. It's a rolling party. You know, you just get on your bike and you ride. And what I didn't estimate was that this year was a little longer route than others. And just how much time we were going to be spending in the saddle. Um, but like Tim said, looking back, I, I had a blast. Um, the best miles uh, were early in the morning whenever I rode with Tim and Doug and actually whenever we had the whole group together and we were just BSing with one another. Uh, and because we were having those conversations, people were engaging with us and it actually felt like a community versus later on in the day when you're just trying to throw down miles to get to camp <laughs> and out of the heat and everything. So I think we got a taste of a little bit of everything, and that was that was awesome. Yeah. And, yeah, as for me, like, I went in, like, yeah, as I said, I'd watch a bunch of videos, so I, I knew what it was all about. And, like, after a day or two, I felt a switch in my brain. It went from, like, oh, I'm just going to go have fun and relax to, no, this is, like, a challenge now. Like, it switched in my brain. It was like, nope, we're just going to, and I, I, I still had fun. I enjoy those type of things. Every, like all of these guys know, I enjoy pushing myself and making it hurt a bit. So I still enjoyed it, but those long, hot days, it was just, I just went into my little pain cave and I liked it there and I just, it just kept going. So I still enjoyed myself, but it, it ended up having to switch in my brain. So I would still stop and have my, have my beer and stuff, but then it's like, nope, back to business. We got to go. Yeah, we hardly saw Trev, like, after, what, 7 in the morning? No, hey, don't be, don't be like that. <laughs> no, we could always find you at the beer tent. That's yeah, right. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. I would stop and have my beer. Or, yeah, and, like, I would have to stop and have my coffee, too, in the morning, too. So we'd get separated yeah. when I stop and have my coffee. But, but yeah, like, it, 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 it was, there were, I guess, flashes of, like, what I had seen like on Instagram, on YouTube, but this was a completely different beast just from the, the extra length and the heat. The heat was brutal. Everybody I've talked to like out there and afterwards was like, yeah, it was, it was just maybe the hardest one ever of yeah. the people that I had did my unofficial survey. Well, we were talking beforehand and I agree that, if we lose any one of a combination of factors, it would have been a much more enjoyable uh, ride, whether it would be better temperature, less elevation gain, a little bit less on the mileage, maybe a little less on the crowded nature of the ride, just given how many people were there. You drop any one of those three and or those four, and it gets much more enjoyable. But when you have all four together for essentially the entire week, and I think you're right, Trev, there's a point each day where the temp started going up and it's like, all right, I've still got 40 miles to go mm -hmm. and I don't want to have to hit the sag wagon. So I've got to really focus now and knock some miles mm -hmm. out, maybe not have my beer or as I learned, don't eat a huge supply of ice cream it, in the moment. <laughs> it's great. It's great. But then you're riding and you're like, you know, what's that line from Anchorman? Milk was a bad choice. That was me. That was me one of the days. So that, that is a, a brilliant segue. So we can talk about what our favorite foods were we ate along the way. Because, yeah, that's a big portion of it. There's vendors at every little pass-through town and in the finishing towns for the day. There's 
like 4-H groups and like dance teams, any type of kids organized sport or activity would have some type of booth when you came into any town. So yeah, what was everyone's favorite foods? We'll start with Kyle this time. All right. Well, my favorite delivery of food was coming into Iowa City. A little girl standing on the side of the road made eye contact with me, and she pointed at me, and she had two popsicles. And she pointed <laughs> at them, and it was uh, a purple one and a green one. She pointed at the purple one, and I went, nope. And she went to the green one. I went like that, and she held it out. And as I rode by, she handed it to me, and it was nice. awesome. <laughs> uh, hmm. Best pie was the – I don't remember where it was, but it was the two slices of strawberry rhubarb pie that I had where I sat under a giant oak tree and, and devoured that. And then uh, – I went for convenience during lunch, um, and so I chose the place with the shortest lines, and that was the ribeye sandwiches, and they were absolutely delicious uh, day in and day out. Doug, Doug actually pointed it out the second day. He got ahead of us, and he like texted everyone. He's like, short line, ribeyes, delicious getting extra water or something like that. Like, Priority. <laughs> yeah, it was it – was, you could tell that he was he was hungry, but yeah, those those were mine. Tim, Doug, oh, <laughs> all right, go, go, Doug. go. Oh, okay, I'll go. <laughs> so, brief break, three seconds. Let Kyle delete. And so, each day you had certain vendors that you would see along the routes, and so you had certain faces and signs you'd see over and over. And of those, my favorite was Mister Pork Chop kind of famous, big pink bus. You could see the smoke coming. That was just the sustenance of like a big hunk of a pork chop that was warm. It was perfect out there after you've been biking for a while. But my favorite stops were either the little kid stands that you would find kind of in the rural parts of town or the churches or the small groups that you would see, like Trev mentioned, the uh, the 4-H groups. There were a number of swim teams. I personally found with the heat, the best places were ice cold lemonade and popsicles. Rarely did I pass up a chance for like a, a popsicle <laughs> while I was out there. Or Amish pie. Like I had a number of pieces of apple pie, which were perfect. But uh, those popsicles were life-giving when it was hot. And I got to give a shout out. <laughs> we came into Coralville, and that was one of the really hot days. And it, we've been mm. riding forever. And there's this little kid on the side of the road there. And I know we have a ways to get to our campsite even once I get to town. And I pull over. And he goes, you look hot. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And he goes, I got ice cold lemonade and popsicles. And I'm like, you are my favorite person in Iowa. I don't care who else they are. And I sat there in the shade, like Kyle mentioned, just eating a popsicle and drinking ice cold lemonade. And it was the most perfect 10 minutes after a long ride. So those were the ones that, as I look back, I had the, the fondest memories of. How about you, Tim? I got a guy walking down my street with a boombox. One second. <laughs> okay, I'll, okay. I'm leaving so that Kyle, in. Kyle, no, I'm in. <laughs> 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 uh, 
it's, it's great because it's so random. <laughs> okay, I think he's far enough down now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like an 80s style boombox on his shoulder. <laughs> nice. Uh, Steady lopper. Yeah. <laughs> You better hope he doesn't come back and hold it above his head. <laughs> I'm Tim's sorry about speechless. this. We- no, that's funny. <laughs> uh, so probably one of my favorites was the Mr. Pork Chop. And it's such a unique flavor, too, because they were cooking it over corn cobs, which I've never had anything cooked over corn cobs like that. Uh, the pie booths were amazing. You know, the strawberry rhubarb, I'm not a big pie guy, but the strawberry rhubarb just hit differently that week. Um, <laughs> probably my my favorite spot was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, found a stand that was selling watermelon. And, and that was just needed that day. But the food is probably one of the things that I regret the most about this trip is that I... I passed over a lot of food shops along the way or went to the ones that had the shortest lines uh, just to try to keep moving and keep trying to get some miles down before it got hot. If I had a chance to do this again, I will be doing this again. I think trying to eat smaller meals throughout the day at different places is going to be the way to go. There's so many options that I just missed out on uh, because I was trying not to suffer as much. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that, that was that was one thing that was just always in the back of your mind was it's going to get hot. I've got to get moving before it gets too hot and then I'm miserable. Yeah, and it got hot quick. Like I remember 11 in the morning pretty much every day and that's when the 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 switch flipped in my brain was okay, it's time to to get to lunch. Let's not dilly-dally and then keep going because too much. Yeah, the mornings were nice. It was cool. You could knock out yeah. miles. You know, you didn't mind taking your time. But of course, you're right. You always had the back of your mind. You knew what was coming. But and yeah, I, I, lo- I loved in the morning just the, the just the hum of bicycle tires on the road. Yeah, because that's when people were still kind of in a group together and they hadn't like strung out from stopping for whatever random reasons. So there was usually a good group of people together and maybe talking, maybe not. But yeah. To wrap up food, my favorite pla- favorite food place was, Doug, you might be able to remember what town we were in. It was on the 100-mile day, and we stopped. I think it was at a Methodist church or a Baptist church. What, it doesn't matter what denomination it was, but they had a deal. For $10, you got a made-right sandwich, which for those of you not aware, is a sloppy joe without the sloppy part, a bag of chips, piece of pie, and a water for 10 bucks. And the pie was great. All the food was great. And strawberry rhubarb, I'll just bring that home again. That was the best pie there. So good. Um, but yeah, as, as far as the vendors, yeah, Mr. Pork Shop was great. I really like the smoothie stand. They they had like, I think, strawberry and mango. And you could actually add protein to it. So if you needed that extra boost in the middle of the day, it's like I hit that a couple times. That was really, really nice can't remember the smoothie stand's name but it, it was the one smoothie stand but yeah right. that was the rippy that was Rippy, the middle of the day. that's right 
going from Carol to Ames, Rippy. Yeah, and it was it was yeah, it was the meeting town. It was like it was just when it was starting to get hot, so it was a it was a necessary stop. Well, it also worked out because you and I were together that morning, and yeah. we were in a long like draft line going yeah. from Jefferson to Rippy, and we were moving. And we got mm-hmm. to Rippy pretty early, but we were both pretty tired. It's been a good, like really eventful and quick morning, and it's like we need sustenance. And all of a sudden, <laughs> like God placed this church perfectly right as you come into Rippy, yeah. and they had air conditioning. Like you could go in the yeah. AC. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Doug was Doug has a nose nose for AC. I think every time we found like <laughs> later in the day, it's like, where's Doug? I'm in the air conditioning here at this church or this <laughs> high V. Remember, I went to a high V for air conditioning for a little bit. <laughs> wow. The the uh, root beer at the, the beer tent too was, was spectacular. Ooh, yeah. Yep. It was just slightly carbonated. You weren't belching as if you had a beer. I pounded two of those at every beer tent and that, that was i didn't think about that like going in that the beer tent would have that but it ended up being great because not everybody wants to drink beer and they still want people to come out because and a nice thing about the iowa craft beer tent is there was this family farm that was there with them every day so i think it's a fairly big farm uh but yeah they had great brats i think they might have had pork chops as well but that was another good food thing didn't they have a tomahawk ribeye yeah, like hundred ounce or I don't know. Yeah, I didn't see that till the last day, but <laughs> they had an option that you could buy a tomahawk steak from them for a hundred dollars, and they said it's gonna take us forty five minutes to make it because no one's buying this. But <laughs> I couldn't believe that was an option. <laughs> it looks like we have been joined by the last member of our crew, Luis. Hello there. So, Luis was able to break away from his work engagement to join the guys here on the podcast. So um, I'll put you on the spot, Luis. Can you just give us a little bit of an introduction to who you are, where you're from, what kind of experience you have with cycling? Uh, well, my name's obviously Luis. Uh, I am probably less than a mere mortal myself. <laughs> I uh I've been what you could call mountain biking here in Nebraska for like two, three ish years on and off now with Tim. Um the most I've ever ridden before Ragbri was probably like ten ish miles maybe. Um on a mountain bike. Uh the training I did consisted of a couple very flat rides here and there with Tim. Um, max elevation was probably 33 feet at one point. Uh, so but um, big change when you got to Ragbri. Yeah, yeah. I bought my gravel bike for Ragbri probably like a maybe a month before that, and that's probably when we started doing like 20-ish mile rides. We I remember Tim and I had planned a 30 mile ride from what was it? Shenandoah to Malvern. And we ended up getting to Malvern and realized it was only a 20 mile ride. Since our car was there already, we just packed up and went home after that. 
Well, cool. Well, thank you for that. So, yeah, to catch Luis up, we've been like just doing general recap, kind of hitting some random questions. But I think a uh, good place we can, I think a good place we can go now is like just talk about our favorite moments. So, this could be from the actual ride itself, hanging out afterwards, just around the campsite, any of that. So, who haven't I started with? Luis. Actually, yeah, we can start with Luis. What was your favorite moment? Um, and honestly, Luis had never met any of us before this trip. Oh yeah, that's other yes. than Tim. So, yes. uh, I gotta say, I I don't have a single favorite moment. I've honestly thought about that a lot because I keep people keep asking me, especially um, tonight we had our work dinner, and people were asking me a lot, and I just either I don't have a single favorite moment just because the entire week was so full of like ups and downs and honestly the biggest the biggest high of the week was honestly just spending time with you guys and getting to know you and like sharing meals and sharing the suffering (laughs) (laughs) embracing embracing most of the suck with you guys most of the time uh it was just the whole week was kind of honestly probably one of the best times I've had in a while, uh, you know, doing the, um, I did polar, well, well not polar plunge, uh, ice baths, doing the impromptu slip and slide, uh, <laughs> just everything, everything was just a kind of like a peak culmination to the point where I don't even remember the sucking or the, the suffering that much. Honestly, I really just remember, enjoying the entirety of the week with uh the guys um getting to meet trev's parents was awesome your mom was super sweet i love her oh well thank you yeah um (laughs) the food was great even the storm the storm was awesome oh yeah we haven't even hit on the storm yet so yeah we can talk about we will get to that we'll get done with this question and we'll definitely hit on the storm storm (laughs) sweet but yeah all right I love the week. I loved it, honestly. I'm getting to meet you guys. Well, thank you. All right, we'll go to Kyle. Okay. Uh, well, like I said, my favorite moments were riding in the morning with folks whenever we were just cruising along uh, and and chatting and you know BSing with each other. Uh, Luis said that he's he might be less than a mere mortal, uh, but I contest that because Luis was an absolute beast, um, and mm-hmm. he talked about uh, you know doing the the ice bath and the slip and slide and everything like that, and it was uh, fantastic because um, I rode with him a fair bit, um, and he would come in and be like. Guys, I'm tired. I'm tired. And then he'd he'd like look over and like when he saw the ice bath, he's like, But I'm going for an ice bath. And then you come back. <laughs> and then the next day, you know, we go go on and be like, Oh, guys, I'm really tired. I'm really tired. And then you like look over. Is that a slip and slide? <laughs> and then you go off. I mean, it was it was fantastic. And it's those types of memories that made that made this ride for me. So, Luis, thank you. 
Thank you, Kyle. I'm glad you remember me fondly. <laughs> All right, we'll go to Tim. My favorite memory or most memorable moment is the morning that Kyle, Luis, and I rode gravel as almost a shortcut. I don't know if it really was. It it was a shortcut because we didn't have to backtrack. Our our campsite was far enough off of the the. Oh, what am I trying to say? Our campsite, yeah, our our campsite was far enough away from the the route that we ended up doing maybe seven miles of gravel uh, to meet up with the route. But we came up over top of this hill. And it was a nice, crisp, you know, 60, 70-degree day or morning. And there's a little haze, and you could just see all these rolling hills, all the fields. And it was just a really beautiful morning to have. And uh, that that moment of just standing there and taking it all in really really helped you appreciate Iowa in, in a little bit different of a way. That's what I thought yeah. Ragby was going to be like. That was a very beautiful morning, honestly. <laughs> All right, Doug. Uh, yeah, I'm actually thinking as you guys are talking, trying to narrow it down to one, and that's hard. I'd say just experiencing Iowa. You know, I'd been to Des Moines once before, but just getting to go through like really small towns, towns that kind of reminded me of like where we grew up at, um, cornfields, yeah. rolling hills, middle of nowhere, super nice people. Um, I did really enjoy the two college towns, getting to see Ames and Iowa City. That was pretty cool. The people that we met from all over the world, you know, um, they give you these little, um, call them license plates, but little papers that you can put on the back of your bike and you can put your name and where you're from. And they really are great conversation starters because there may be someone from a place you visited or someone near where you are, like Trev. I know there were a number of people from Bloomington. I saw some from Indy on the route. And just having conversations with random strangers. But if I had to pick just one moment, it was coming into camp each night, each afternoon usually, and you're exhausted and you're tired. And knowing that Trev's parents were going to have lawn chairs out, they were going to have a (laughs) fan going, there was going to be cold drinks and a cooler, and we could sit there and they were going to probably make us dinner that was going to be ready in like an hour. Like that's... That was game changing, and that was great. And plus, like I, I knew Trev's parents from when I was a little kid, and haven't seen them much since we all graduated and moved away. So, spending time with the guys and seeing Trev's parents and spending time with them for the first time in like fifteen years was was really cool. Yeah, and I guess I'm the only one left. Um, so, my if I can narrow it down, my favorite experience was probably the gravel day so i was the only one of our crew that did the entire gravel day and it was just a completely different experience than the rest of ragbri so on that day we were in storm lake we were leaving storm lake and it was real crowded congested road coming out of town and then just saw the sign that said gravel straight everybody else turns left and as soon as you got out there it dropped down to maybe I'd say one to 3% of the riders did the gravel option. And it was just, I'll call it bliss. That might be an exaggeration, but it was, it was great. Like it's made me realize why I love gravel so much because you have to be constantly engaged. 
because you have to be watching where your tires are going. You can still just experience and you didn't have to worry about other riders around you. It was more, you just got to focus on yourself and look inward and look what you were doing and focus on what you were doing. And I don't know, it, it was just great. You ended up, I ended up absolutely filthy because you're on a gravel, gravel road and you could later on in the day, like you'd hear people whisper. It's like, well, that guy did gravel because I'm just dusty and my whole bike is coated in dust where everybody else, shiny road bikes are just going down the, down the road through the towns. But yeah, I would definitely say it was the gravel day. I loved it. I would, I would do a whole week of gravel if I could. Definitely noticed how everyone in the group is like, oh, I love hanging out with everybody. And Trev's like, dude, my favorite part was when you all were gone and it was super hard. That was the best. <laughs> hey, I, I came back in and, and, and hung out with the crew. But yeah, I like I like my alone time from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... Let's, uh, I think we've kind of hit Ragbri and like our feelings about Ragbri so far. I think we did a pretty good job with that. So I think like since a big part of this podcast is talking about how to make outdoor spaces more inclusive, more welcoming for everyone, I think it's important that we should talk about like the inclusive behaviors or topics or things that we saw at Ragbri. And it may or may not have been intentional, but I saw numerous things um, throughout the week that were actually super inclusive. And uh, and we can also talk about a couple of things that maybe weren't as inclusive, but we'll start with the happier good stuff first. Yeah. Well, I think inclusion and diversity is at the core of Ragbri because they said that at the uh, at the writers meeting. You know, that this is a bicycle ride. It is not a race. You're here to have fun, enjoy the company of other fellow cyclists, etc. And I think that that was really, you know, you could see that. Um, And I think they did a really good job of that. Um, I also want to give a shout out to the Air Force and uh, Mm -hmm. Space Force volunteers. Um, So there was... What, 172 of them? Is that what it was? And they were. Yeah, it was 170 something. Yeah. yeah, and they were riding as support. And so I had a chain come off on a hill, and I kid you not, I got to the other, I got to the side of the road, and within 10 seconds, I had two Air Force folks on top of me. Are you okay? What's going on? It's, you know, just chain off. I had the chain back on, and they were like, I was like, oh, you guys can go, you know, and they're like, nope. You get back on there first, but they were everywhere. Yes. Yeah, like so. I, I actually have an experience with the the Navy or the Air Navy Air Force folks as well. So I think that was day three or day four. I wrecked pretty hard. Um, I was grabbing a water bottle from a from a young man on the side of the road. I was going too fast, and my my I turned my wheel a little too much and i flew over my handlebars i was probably going 15 20 miles an hour and within less than 30 seconds there were multiple air force guys there checking out my bike making sure it was good my chain came off so they fixed that and they kind of stood there and waited until the till the the uh 
EMTs got there and I got all checked out. Luckily I was okay. Just bruised and my pride was severely hurt, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, they were, they were absolutely great. They were, they were asking me a lot of questions like, do you know who you are? What day is it type of stuff? Cause I did hit the back of my head. Apparently it was hard. I don't remember it being terribly hard. My hip is what hit really hard, but but yeah, they were great. And I know Kyle and I weren't the only ones that were very uh, blessed to have them there and their support. So it's always great to see them out there. Yeah. Big, uh, big shout out to those guys. They were on top of it all week. And then other writers too. If you had an issue or something that was going on, you know, they would, other writers had pointed out to you or, you know, if you would get off the side of the road and it seemed to be unexpected, they would, you know, are you okay? Do you need anything? Uh, so that, that was really cool. Um, yeah. I mean, and from just a, like a, I'll call it the 10,000 foot view, like looking down at all of the different types of people, like we mentioned it earlier, like there were people from everywhere and there was probably every different type of bicycle you could think of there. Like everything from like the most high end road bikes that cost as much as a car down to like the beach cruiser or the like five speed bike you can get at Walmart and anything in between. There were e-bikes. There was even people on unicycles or that one guy on the penny farthing bike. And it was, yeah. yeah. And everybody and don't was like, forget oh. the rollerbladers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. There was a uh, there was tandems and triples with kids. There were kids in wagons behind the bikes. Yeah, that's. Uh, it, it was really impressive just to see how how people were able to bring their families along and and the creative solutions they had sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I said the most. I think the two most impressive ones I saw were the the unicyclists and the fat bike. The fat bikes riding oh, around. Yeah. They the fat bikes were hauling surprisingly fast. Yeah, actually I was talking to a guy on a fat bike and doing the gravel. And he was like my bike had to be five to ten pounds less than his. And I was talking to him, I was like, out of curiosity, how much does your bike weigh? And he was like, actually it's surprisingly like he apparently he had a completely carbon bike except for his tires just to lose to keep it lighter but it was still like only it was probably only three or four pounds more than my bike i was like wow i was it's just probably super impressed still weighed half as much as tim's bike probably yeah yeah probably. <laughs> so, that, that was my biggest Cop- downfall was my bike uh, yeah, explain your bike Cotman. i i use a full suspension mountain bike that i put some road-ish tires on uh, it, uh, it has 150 millimeters of front travel and 140 millimeters of rear suspension travel. And it weighs close to 50 pounds the way I had it set up for Ragbri. Uh, it, it robbed power as I was trying to go up hills and it was just really heavy to push around it. But he took that ditch like a champ that one day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, that's right. <laughs> 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 you literally disappeared <laughs> you literally disappeared into the trees and, yeah. and everybody around us was like what 
<laughs> so the one day we decided to avoid uh, some congestion in a town and took a little bypass uh, over to a, a bike path. As we were heading down this parking lot to meet up with the bike path, there was a, a dirt walkway through a ditch up to the bike path that shaved off maybe 50 feet of riding. <laughs> and I plowed into it and up it and onto the bike path as everyone else was slowing down to make the turns. So it, it was quite enjoyable to, to utilize some of that suspension. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everyone was very impressed. The grit on his face was, <laughs> I can't describe it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it. That one moment made it worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> so the one thing that I didn't expect, and this happened right out the gate, Doug, I think you were next to me. One of the very first interactions was, was with a hearing impaired rider. And he had all sorts of placards on uh, the the side of his his bike, and he was engaging with everyone. He was gesturing, laughing, having a good time, everything. And that was just really cool right there, first day, first thing in the morning, trying to... I don't even think we were on the route yet. I think we were trying to make our way to the route. That's right. And he's just there, like... You know, oh, this is crazy. So many people and everything. And, uh, yeah, I ran into him later that day getting water. We were almost done with the day. And he kind of motioned to me. He, he recognized me from earlier in the day and he kind of gave me the hand signal of, you okay? You good? And I'm like, hey, I'm good. Are you okay? And he had this huge smile on his face. And so, yeah, I saw him a couple of times. And there was also a couple of people on tandems that were blind. They had someone in the front who could yeah. see. And in the back, you had, they had placards or signs saying, you know, visually impaired or blind rider and still getting to enjoy the rag bri experience, even though they couldn't see. I thought that was cool. And Trev, you mentioned kind of inclusion. Like, I listened to the Just Go Bike podcast several times, kind of leading up to this, their the Rag Briars. And, you know, they, they kind of mentioned that the not very open secret of cycling's primarily a Caucasian um, sport. And yeah. we're also in Iowa, which is known as a very Caucasian area. But it was so cool on the route to just see so many people from so many different backgrounds, from so many different states. You know you had Republicans and Democrats and you had mm -hmm. people who were from big cities and little small towns. And But on the route, none of that stuff mattered. It was just you're trying to enjoy your beer or you're trying to survive the suck of the afternoon. It was hot. Like just all those differences that come to define us so much in our lives in 2023, literally none of that stuff mattered on the route. It was where you're from, how you doing. You know, if someone got hurt, how can you help? Or if you're in line, you're talking to people about their experience or their really cool kits, you know, all the different uh, jerseys yeah. <laughs> people would wear, the ones with donuts or you know, the ones with little Debbie cakes on them. You know, I just thought it was cool that there was just such a variety of people on the ride. Yeah. And like you said, like there were definitely people that if they had met on the street in any other context, probably wouldn't get along. But everyone there was like united in their love of bikes and riding bikes. So none of that other stuff mattered. It was that was the cool, unique part that was just amazing to me. Yeah. And not just in, in I'd say not just inclusion in people of like other uh, as races, ethnicities and colors, but also 
um, the differences in just people in general, like different body shapes, sizes, fitness levels, everything. Yeah. You know, I'm a chunky guy myself, and I'd see other people who were chunkier than me, and they were just tearing up hills. Like, I was like, man, you got, you got some legs to go up these steep hills, man. Yeah. <laughs> It'd, it'd be nothing to have on your right side, you know, an older couple on an e-bike doing 10 mile an hour and on your left have a draft line doing 22, 23 that just whizzes by, you oh, know, and yeah. then to come up on a unicyclist later. Like there's just such a variety of just skills and fitness. And I think that's what makes Ragbri unique is it's designed to cater to people of different levels. And you can kind of get out of it usually what you want if you want to. Go slow and party. You can do that. This ragbra, I think, was a little tougher for that because of the distance and the heat. But or if you want to be a serious cyclist and go kill the miles and get some good MPH going, then you can do that too. Yeah, definitely. Hmm. Yeah, I want to. We were Doug mentioned the the vision impaired riders and the uh, on the tandems coming into the first. Uh, meeting town on the first day i was actually right next to one of those tandems and it was i was just there so i overheard the conversation but turned out the cap so on a tandem the person in the front is the captain and the person in the back is the stoker so the captain was describing the town as they came in so he's saying up yep straight ahead there is a big water tower it's white we're going to come down this little hill and there is a stream with a bridge as we're coming into the town. I thought it was like, it just had never occurred to me that that's one way that a vision impaired person could experience and see what their friend was experiencing through their words. So I thought that was a really, really cool experience. I was glad I was there to overhear it because it really kind of sets yeah. my, makes me appreciate what I have. Yeah. Hey, Luis, how did we do? I mean, you hadn't met any of us outside of the group chat. Uh, you know, how how did we do in terms of, you know, welcoming you? What what were, what were your expectations? Uh, so first off, I I have to say that I I honestly miss hearing Kyle laugh his butt off. Like, I, I I don't know what it is about Kyle's laugh, but when he just starts laughing his butt off at something, it's just kind of intoxicating, and it just it just he he has a good laugh, and it just it feels like it puts everybody in a good mood. Mm -hmm. It's like it, I think honestly it was a, I mean like I said in the beginning, I can't really narrow down one single moment that is my favorite it's just overall I, I loved meeting you guys and uh becoming part of this group it's honestly it was honestly amazing we were glad uh, to have you man yeah it was sure. a blast should, uh -huh. should we bring it home tim tim's uh low on battery so yeah so tim tim's low on battery so <laughs> yeah i guess we'll kind of bring it home um I don't know if you guys want to put your Instagram handles or something out there. Or Doug can put yeah, in his, yeah. uh, his, what is it uh, that he, he has? Uh, Marco Polo. 
Yes. Oh my God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, all right, Tim, your battery's low and I'm ticked off now. You go next. All right. Uh, I'm not active on uh, social media very often, so uh, nothing to share there. You can wave at people that look like Tim in Nebraska. Yep. Wait, hold on. That's something to say. We had t-shirts, and the t-shirts oh, had yeah. Adventuring for Mere Mortals on the front. Trev took lead there. Good job, Trev. But on the back Thank of you. them, they said, wave at someone who looks like a Kyle. And, man, when we wore those shirts, you want to talk about a conversation starter. Everyone would ask, who's Kyle? Who's oh, Kyle? Yeah. Who looks people like would, a Kyle? People would think we were Kyle. They yes. then misread the shirt and be like, "Hey, Kyle." I'm like, "No, wrong person up ahead." <laughs> and then I'd have random people ride by me, going, "I heard I'm supposed to wave at you." <laughs> yeah, it was a very good call. Good call yes. on the shirts. So, so yeah, uh, go for it, Doug. Yeah, I'll go next. You can find me on Instagram, Doug.Bittner. I'm old school, so I still use Facebook. So you can find me on Facebook. Just search my name, Doug Bittner. Or if you want a Marco Polo like everyone hates on me, I will send you a Marco Polo because, goodness gracious, because my wife and I love to communicate on Marco Polo. Everyone hates on me, but it's convenient. But, yeah, look me up on social. And you'll see me try to survive a half Iron Man in a couple weeks. So that's what most of my post and time are spent on. What about Um, you, Luis? uh, I'm not super active either, but my Instagram is Ramos underscore Luis 97. Um, If you want to give me a follow. I do have Strava too, which I planning to be a little more active right now i'm just a weekend warrior once again uh but yeah my it's luis ramos on strava from plattsmith nebraska nice and we all know kyle has no social media presence (laughs) so everyone just keep waving at people that look like kyle there it's growing it's a thing um yeah me i pretty much just use instagram it's at Trevor Bowman, two L's, two N's. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, the best way to do that is rate us five stars and write us a review. So far, Mr. Tim Kotman is the only person that has written a review. So we need more people out there to write reviews. And if you write a review, I will read it on the air, as long as it's not super graphic and calls me <laughs> mean things. Um <laughs> But yeah, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Mere Mortal Pod. Um, our email is adventuringformeremortals at gmail.com. We have a Discord. If Discord's your thing, the uh, invite link is, will be in the show notes. And I think that's it. So, uh, guys, thanks for coming on. Thanks for doing Rag Ride with us. I drag you in, and I think you enjoyed it anyway. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I can't wait for the next adventure. Yeah. Also, I think I think Louisa challenge was issued on us writing reviews here. I mean, how graphic can we make this and Trev still read well, it? So, well, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll have to wait till next month and find out. Doug, you have the expertise. Yeah, that's true. Come on, family content. Family content. This is a family show, people. Yeah.
right. Well, yeah, until next month. Well, we'll see y'all then. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.